returned home to uh, Hawaii. Lord, we just thank you for that. Uh, bless our town, bless our country, Lord, we just ask you to open your word up to us tonight so that all that we do here will be pleasing to you and it will affect the hearts of those who need it here. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we finished, uh, our, we, we were in verse, set, six and start verse 17, uh, in chapter 7 uh, of the book of Romans. And so, uh, I will uh, pick up in verse 17, and it says, uh, But now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that I, uh, that I know, for I know that in me, uh, that is in my flesh. Nothing good to will for uh, to will is uh, present with me. But now, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will do, that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do that, if I if I do what I will not to do. It is no longer I who do, who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find uh, then a law that evil is present with me, the one who will to do good. I'm going to stop right there and then we'll, we'll move forward. I think that's going to be uh, a lot to that idea. So I realize that sin is dwelling in me. Uh, I no longer uh, approve of the sin that I commit. So we desire to have our sins forgiven and not imputed against us. Romans 4, 7, and 8. You remember the other night, uh, or sometime I said that, uh, you know, it took God one day to get Israel out of Egypt. And it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. And so that's what we're talking about here. That's the process of sanctification. We've been justified at salvation. And this is the process of sanctification working itself out. It says, I no longer approve of the sin that I commit. We desire to have our sins forgiven and not imputed against us. Romans 4, 7, and 8. Uh, we are to count as lost all our own self-efforts. Philippians 2, 7, and 9. He's saying that what we need to do is we need to, to give up our control of ourselves. We need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. We need to let God guide us through what we do. Uh, and this is all due to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I realize that sin is dwelling in me. We realize that sin dwells in us. We're only seven point, which we haven't got there yet, but we're getting there. Uh, we realize that conflict is going on in our lives, Romans 7.23. Remember, we know that, the, that there's a conflict going on. We still have the, the residue of our old self, the sin... The sin nature is still there. We have a new heart. We have a heart that is that's indwelled by the Holy Spirit. But the sin is still there. Think about this. You can go a while, do a great, everything, everything, for lack of a better, everything's hooking over. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Somebody cuts you off. Somebody calls you. Somebody does something. And what happens? You can go from super... The, the Christian of the year to not so good in a matter of flashes on out. It's that. It's, it's just right up under the skin. It's not that deep. Um, and we have to fight against it. And that war is going on. Um, 
I realize that I do not have the power to do what is right. Think about that. We, we know what is right. We want to do what is right. Sometimes we just can't. It's like, I get, it's not going to be a great analogy, but it's like coming up like Thanksgiving coming up. And there's going to be a lot of sweets and things around the house laying around and uh, getting ready and you know, you keep walking by that pound cake, you keep walking by that pound cake, you keep walking by that pound cake, and all of a sudden, I stop. I slice me a piece of that pound cake. And I eat it, and then I get chewed out for doing it. But I will not to do that, but the temptation was there, and I succumbed to it. Then I'm waiting on a break, it's not
that we follow the steps that he puts out in front of us. That's just like when you plant a church or when you come, come to Christ. There is a process to maturity. And if you skip one of those things, you get hung up. Just think about that. If you have a baby that's born, what do you do? You feed that baby. You change that baby. You wash that baby. Everything that that baby needs, you take care of. It's dependent on you. The baby cries, you go see what the problem is. You try to satisfy. The kid cannot communicate. All it can do is cry and laugh or turn over. And so, and then it grows. You know, you're giving it milk. And then all of a sudden, they're able to eat girl. And then a little bit longer, they'll be able to eat with more solid food. And then a little bit longer, they're eating regular food. And they have it all over. And you have to watch them. And they're getting the form words, you know. The person starts out grunting and pointing. And then the next thing you know, they're forming words. And the first word that probably comes out is, Mine! Mine! They always learn that one first. Next, uh, mommy. And, 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 and so, and in the process, well, when they start learning, you're nurturing them, and they start learning to crawl and walk. And, and then they start learning to run. Some kids come from crawling to running, and they left out the walking part. But they physically catch it up. But, but, they got the normal man rocking out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot here. Yeah. And, uh, and so when they, they start learning to talk, and they start learning to read, and they start learning to use sports, and they start learning to write, and, and, and use the bathroom, and the commode, and all these things. What happens if they skip a step in their learning? They learn how to, they learn how to read, but they never learn how to write. Or they learn how to write, and can't read what they're writing. Or they learn how to do math, but they can't read. They're, they're, they're not maturing. They skip a step. And when they skip a step, when they get full grown, they can only go so far because they don't have all the tools. And that's why it's very important that each step goes through and works through to discipleship, that's just like raising babies. It's important that they get nurtured, they get the things they need, and they get the nutrition and the things they got to have. Otherwise, they're going to be stunning in several ways. Uh, they can nowadays they'll tell you their their special needs, uh, and so Christians are the same way. We have Christians that have special needs, and for lack of a better term, we have. Christians who have been Christians for years that are retarded, they cannot contend for the Word of God. Can't do it. Because they did not go through the steps. They did not heed the Word of God. And so they go out there and they're going to witness in their own strength. And what does it do? It makes every one of us who we witness their job harder because they went out and soiled the soil. Or, or soiled the soil. They put, they put weed killer on it rather than, rather than fertilizer. They went out and spread bad manure rather than good manure. They put chicken stuff on it and they burn everything up. Too much nitrogen. And so along comes somebody who has it right and they have a hard job with it. And, and so here's the thing. You know, if you are not mature and you're not bursting the body, keep your mouth shut. 
Because you're making it harder on everybody else. And wherever you're going to church at, it makes the rest of that congregation look bad too. Remember, you are the face of Deep Creek Baptist Church. You are. I am. We all are. And when we go out and do stuff half-top, and we show our hind ends and all that, whatever we do, that's a reflection on everyone. And that's what he's talking about here. I long to do what's right, but I don't know how. I don't know how to carry out the, what is right. We realize that God must be the one working in us, Philippians 2, 13. We also realize that we must look to the Lord to hold us up. Psalm 119, 
And we can't do any of these things. We're being transformed. We're being transformed. It's about him doing it in us. And that's what he's trying to get to. And when he finally comes down to it, he ends with, I'm a wretched man. What? I'm a wretched man. But what, what has happened here? Sin has no more dominance over the lives of the Christians. Sin is gone. The penalty of sin is gone. And now, 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 even though we're there, we are a new creation in Christ. We're a new creation and we're living. We, hey, you're eternal. You're eternal. You're, there is no death at the end of the sin. You're eternal. You're going to live forever. And he's trying to, to get in contact with the personal. Oh, my goodness. We are living still this fleshly life with a foot in the muck. We're in the garbage. We're in this world. And we still can't do it on our own. So the yield part of the other chapter, the yield part is just blasting out here. Yield to him. Yield to him. And that's the part which Christians don't do. They don't get these pieces. That's why we don't have the, we don't, that's why we don't experience the abundant life. And it's our own do. Think about this. I, I had a conversation you were talking about. I had a conversation with Jr. trying to convince him that the things that have happened in the past, let them go. You can't change them. Learn from them and move on. They are dead to history forever. The grass is going to cover it over. Nothing going to change that in the past. All you can do is not do that in the future. And so that's what I'm talking about. You know, we we can't produce. Or we cannot produce victory over the mind without being indwelled with, with the spirit. We can't even control our tongues much better our mind. You know, I tell you about the rolling deck and how I spin it. We ha- I have to make a conscious decision. What am I going to do with that picture? What am I going to do with it? Am I going to look at it and well, or am I going to spin it again and spin it? Uh, yeah. So I, I do the evil that I do not want to do. And so we become disinterested. Mm-hmm. And think about that. In our whole life, we're waiting to learn to do something, or we're waiting to do something, and we finally it takes two weeks for whatever it is to get here. And when it finally gets here, we start tinkering with it, and then within about four or five hours or so, we kind of lost interest in it. And it sits on the shelf. We never use it because we lost interest in it. Think about us. We come to Christ. We have this great big awakening in our whole system to the whole new universe. And everything that we're thinking is going to happen is going to be, we think it's going to happen that fast. And so in our walk, to think in our walk, we get to a certain point and we become disinterested. We quit reading our Bible. We quit focusing on God. We quit doing it. And it's all because we're disinterested. We're disinterested. We are bored with the process because it's not exciting for us. We don't have that same, we don't have that same emotional drive that we had in the beginning. That fire we have let burn down into a coal because we have not been feeding it with the right fuel for that fire. Well, I don't want to read the Bible it makes me go to sleep. Read it till you go to sleep. Well, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. Well, read it till you do. 
And if you can't understand the King James, or you can't understand the New King James, find you a translation that you can understand and read it. And because, go ahead. And use the King James along with it. That's right. You can read the King James. Now, that don't make sense to me. Then read this other modern translation that is literal, and you say, oh, I see what they're talking about. I see what they're talking about. Because yes, I'm going to tell you, the these and the thousands will mess you up. If you're not used to reading it, and especially as a brand new Christian, think about this. When you started school learning to read, most of us learned to read with Dick and Jane and Spot, the dog. What happens if they just handed us the Bible to start with? Try to learn to read in the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth. These spot. Yeah. Thus, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, in the beginning, you know, you might get that part, but it would run, spot, run, see, spot, run. Yeah. The point comes, spot, come. You know, it, this is a, story a long story. way from in the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth. This is not. Fleshly food is no, spiritual food. And that's what's going to drive. And that's why the spirit, that's why the spirit and a lot of Christians is, is, is in effect. Number one, we're not feeding it. Number two, we're not eating it. Number three, we ain't hurt so long that we don't even recognize it. And that's, that's a fact. That's a fact. And he gives us all kinds of signs. I mean, there's all kinds of signs, even road signs on the side of the road now. Telling us, hey, I'm here. Seek me. This is wrong. People pay money for this is wrong. You're my church. You need to do something. And everybody has this attitude. Well, uh, if we're if we're been in the church for a while, we get this lingo. Well, that's not my calling. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I had people ask me, tell me, Lord didn't call me to church. Huh? Did he say Yeah, did he carry you? He called you to carry God. Show me. I said, that's easy. Go to the end of Matthew. Matthew 28. Read the last five verses. Plain and English. I don't care what, what translation you can read. It's that. That's your call. He didn't say, some of you go. He said, go. Make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples of the nation. And we have an issue with that because we won't even walk across the street and make disciples of our neighbor. But there are those who are called to go. And we should support them. There are those who are called to walk across the street. We should support them. There are those who are called to go around the neighborhood. We should support them. There are those who are called to go around the city. We should support them. There are those who are called to go around the county. We should support them. And in the state, and in the United States, and the world, we are called to support them. And especially as Baptists, we're especially called because we're the ones that started the, the, the missionary stuff to start with. Read your history about Baptists. So if any Baptist is talking about that we shouldn't be funding missions, it's a lunatic. They shouldn't be a Baptist, period. Whether the mission is across the street or the mission is around the world. That's what we're called to do. We're called to support people. And if God puts it on your heart, you're called to go. Go. Because if you don't know somebody else is going to go that may not be called and ruin that trip or ruin that experience that God has for you. When he puts something on your heart that is 
Whether you decide whether you decide to tie on the net or the growth, that's up to you. That's between you and the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. But you should at least, you should at least be doing 10%. That, that's the point. The point is you can't outgive. Well, that's exactly right. You can't. If you want to be blessed, yeah. you give. And and it'll blow you out of the water on it. It, it's, 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 not, it, it's a no-brainer. It's he owns everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't. You know, and as far as doing what you were saying, doing something, oh, let me uh, be able to do this, or right. let me get right, let me uh, yeah. stop my sinning, yeah. and, and all this. Or let me, as Paul says it here, now, it becomes very clear that Paul, in using 40 times right. I, me, my, myself, right. for one to become focused introspectively on themselves here, Paul did the same thing as we're talking about. The core problem was it gave him no answer. It was futile. Right. It gave him no answer. Right. It was not an answer. He was just at an impasse. He couldn't do anything. He could only what? Yield. And so, so, what do you need Jesus for if you're going to do all this stuff? I do the evil that I do not want to do. Right. And says, I have a desire to do good. You know, we need to realize the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 39. We need to realize that we cannot do what we want in our own strength. Romans 7, 16. We just talked about it. We have a desire to do good, but we do not know how to carry it out. Romans 7, 18. That's what he's just talking about. I don't know how to do this. The only way I can do it is through Christ. I fail to do the good. We all do very uh we all do the very things that we hate. Romans 7, 15. I do not want to do evil. We desire to obey the law of God, Romans 7, 22. I do the evil anyway. We find ourselves serving the law of sin, Romans 7, 25. I mean, we sin. Every one of us sin. Every one of us. And for one of us to point the finger at somebody else is wrong. Especially when we're pointing at the one who's sinning different than we are. But we all got our sins. And the things that we dislike in other people are the things that we're doing the most. Go ahead, read. We're, we're back in two again here. That three points back. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Listen to this next verse. Or do you show contempt? Contempt. For the richness of, of God's kindness, his tolerance, his patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. What's repentance? You know, get down on the floor and cry that you're a bad person. It's change. It's transformation. It's changing 180 degrees yeah. and going in the direction of Christ. And so when you realize, don't show contempt for God's kindness. It takes time. It takes time to transform us. And Paul here is 
suddenly realize he's in a futile cycle of not getting it right. And he just, he knows, he knows he's stuck in this murky body. By the way, by the way, instead of playing, he go ahead. Instead of playing, he says, I realize that sin is in control. I, I, I am doing the things I do not want to do. Uh, we're yielding our members as servants of sin. We do that on purpose. We yield We do that on our own. You know, some of us like to say, oh, you know, like back in the 60s, the devil made you do it. I think the devil gets too much credit. I think sometimes we're guilty on our own self. I'm just going to do it blame it on the devil. Yeah, I'm going to do it blame it on the devil. 6.13, because we are real good at coming up with excuses to justify why we do what we do. I can come up with all kinds of excuses to justify my thing. They might not fly, but I can still put them out there. Uh, I do not want to do these things, both things. We have not acted on the fact that we are dead to sin. Let me repeat this. We have not acted on the fact that we are dead to sin. Romans 6 11. We are no longer under sin. We are no longer under the Bible. We've been released. We've been set free. Yet we freely put the chains back on. We do it ourselves. Remember that song about the chain wreck? He broke the chain. We're set free. I've been redeemed. And I'm going down the road and I'm happy and I'm singing and I'm having a great time praising God and all of a sudden, a little speed bump in the road. Next thing, what do I do? Oh, this is so terrible. Let me put these chains back on. I'm about to drag this bag. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. Lord God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Help me. Show me how to get through this. And then you can leave them chains. You don't ever have to put the chains back on. But yet, every day, we'll clap them hands up. Don't have to drop the chains. Drop the dumb stuff. That's what I used to say. I still say it. Drop the dumb stuff. You know, it goes into the mind, and you get this idea. That's where sin begins. You begin to concoct this covetousness. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it is. And you begin to work it up. And all of a sudden you say, no, I'm in Christ. That's right. That's, right. That's where Christ has begun to work in. I want you to, want you to think about this. That we have not acted on the fact that we are dead to sin. And I realize that sin is dwelling in me. We find that sin is dwelling in us. Remember how shocked we are when sin comes caught and we so readily accept it. After we've been saved. We never accept the fact that we're dead to sin. We allow sin to grow in our garden. You know, the weeds we forget to pull up? That's sin. Put them out. We need to ask for forgiveness and help God and the Spirit. Ask Him to clean us out. Clean us out. Lord, help us to purge this land. The land is our body. Help us, Lord, to open all the doors of the temple of our heart so that you have free will. They ain't going to jump room. They ain't going to jump room. The things that we don't think nobody knows about, you already know. This is the kingdom of God, and yeah. we're taking it over. Right. Jesus said, the gates of hell are going to prevail against his church. His church is taking territory. He tell he takes us out of here. But when the time comes when the devil knocks on the door and open it yep. and then say, I'm going to camp. 
I'm saying, Satan, depart from me. Get thee behind me. Now, think about it. If you put on the whole armor of God, and he, can, he comes at you, he only comes at you from the front. He doesn't tell you about what's on the back. That's but you, and the Bible tells you, Satan, get thee behind me. You know why? He can't attack you from the behind. You know why? Got your back. And you've got the armor of God. You've got the armor of God on the front. Why do we let the kink get our armor? Oh, listen, my armor doesn't. I, I, I got to put on some weight. My armor don't go all the way down here. You can hit me here. Or you can hit me here because I lost weight and hang down. I got my neck open. My head's open. My head's bouncing around. Everything. You can get in there. But it's, you know, we, we don't tell them, get me behind me. We have the same spirit living in us that casts demons out. We have the same spirit living in us that calls Lazarus out of the grave. We have the same spirit living in us that Paul used and Peter used. And all the other apostles. That spirit is within us. And if we will allow that spirit to work in us freely, we can go to our death no matter whether we're dying people or whether we're being martyred without having to worry about where we're going to spend eternity. We have not yet convinced ourselves that Christ can deliver our salvation. If, he, if we did, we would live different lives. We still think that a lot of these stories about these people in this book were just figures of, of some faith or figures of some from time past, not actual, live, living, breathing, human beings made in the image of God. And we think that some of these events in the Old Testament, oh, they were just made up. Because if we believe that would happen, then we would understand that there is a sovereign God who is just. And he is going to hold court one day. And the question is, are you going to be one of the judges? Are you going to be on the, are you going to be a defendant? That's the question. That's what all this falls down to. And Paul's telling me, look, look, I've built this. I'm doing this. I can't. I'm not perfect. I'm telling you, Christ still loves me. He died for me knowing that I'm not perfect. That I'm not going to be able to be Christ-like until I get to the end of the sanctification process. He is not the tormented, tormented guy here. He's no. not tormented. He sounds like it. When come to peace with it. He is not tormented. He is understanding he's got a body that's going to die. Yeah. Why? Because of sin. Sin is his... And you know, like you mentioned earlier, when, when, when the little baby was born and the parents, I'm not a parent, but understand this, parents fought that 
blind leader of your life, and he is taking you separately. Hey, I just read you two, whatever it is, two, three, where it takes time. He says his kindness, his patience, his ability to take you through that. Stop judging these other people. They're on a work, a work in progress from God, but God is taking that new baby Christian, that new little born-again light through the steps. It may take a whole lifetime for those poor people to get all the way through to the end and get it like Paul's getting in here. He's going to drop a dead body, but he's going to get a new one. He's going to get a new one. When he drops the dead body, connected to him, he gets rid of it. Is it point of death? He's already died in Christ. He's already got buried his sins in Christ. He's already resurrected. Almost. Already, but not quite yet. In Christ. Those people who accept the Christ are there. Their transformation, their born-again baby steps that they're going through take time and patience and effort. And God, God is showing the law here. Paul's trying to bring the law as it's holy and perfect. But it's not going to save you. Christ is going to save you. It's not the law. You can't go out and get it right. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't. And, and, and so, that's where we're at. Paul, to let these people know and love know that all of these things are happening, it's not just in him. But they're going to happen in you, or they're happening in you, or been happening in you. They happen in me, they happened in me. There's not one of us who have committed Christ that hasn't had this. And Paul's laying it out there. And so that we can read, man, you know, I'm going through this, or I'm in the process of this, or I'm living through this, or I've lived through this. I understand. I understand. And so here's the question. Are any questions in comments? I'm going to leave you with a question tonight. And I want you to think about it. And next Wednesday, I want you to see if you've got an answer. All right? So I want you to hear it. You're sitting in heaven. All right, we're Christian. We're sitting in heaven. And think about all the people that are there. All the Old Testament guys. And all of them. And one of them comes up and asks you, What's it like to live with Christ in you? How are you going to answer that question? What is it like to be indwelled with the Spirit of God living in you? Because a lot of these people in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Answer that question. And it's tough. I've been trying to answer that question for five years. Myself. Because I used to have dreams where I would talking to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I, and I, I, I can't wait. How, what was it like to be in the furnace? And, and no smoke and no heat and none of that bothered you. And they would explain it to me. And then they asked me, and it woke me up in a cold sweat, what's it like to be with Christ in you? I mean, I woke up out of that drink. Sweat, cold sweat. What is it like to live that's a tough question. That is a deep question. That's not a, well, it, it, it requires thought. It 
required a lot of heart surgery. And I have answered that question on several occasions, only to find out that the answer that I gave at that time was not adequate. And so it's a question I keep trying to answer as I grow in my walk with the Lord. And if, if, if the question remains the same, the answer will change depending on where you're at in your walk. What do they say? Well, how can you read your scripture? You know, and all pastors always trying to get us to read mine. Well, your own good. I read mine. Well, your own good. Somebody else reading it ain't going to do me a hill of me. I need to read it for myself. I need to come to my own understanding. That way God can work on me and through me with the gifts that I have because I don't have the same gifts as you. And you don't have the same gifts as I And that's why it's important that I read his word every day so that I can stay in touch and keep that line of communication open. And I found out in my life that if I keep this relationship correct, all these other workers that are Any questions in comments? All those people on the other side of the cross and looking ahead mm-hmm. to find that sermon that the preacher preached. Today is Friday, Sunday's coming. Mm-hmm. The old saints knew that Jesus was coming. And even though they were different than we are on this side of the cross, he's already coming. So they knew he was coming.
what we just said. Skip the behind me, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is what you want to follow that up with. Three times I usually say that. And I did it at the truck stop. And the demonic activity was gone at the third time. Um, you know, you were talking about, you know, when Christ came and the Jews knew they were coming, they were coming and they didn't recognize because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. This is the this is the shocker though. Today we have people that have the Holy Spirit and they know Jesus is coming and they're doing the same thing that Jesus did. You know, they are. I mean, it's like they have an indifference. When I was a kid, there was a reverence to go. I mean, you know, you did certain things you didn't do, and certain things you didn't say. And today, it's like, fair chance. I remember the first time I heard a customer on TV. I thought the whole place was going to blow up. You know, now it's just, they naked on me. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how it's going. And then, you know, I can be here all night long, but it, we, we, they're renting. They're renting. There, there's 144,000 views somewhere that set aside for God. A renting. There's going to be 12,000 from each tribe. And so those that say that tribes lost, no, they not. But I know exactly where they're at. They're embedded in the Gentile world. Exactly right. And, and we've been grafted in. We've been grafted in. So we've been adopted. And guess what? There are no orphans in God's kingdom. No orphans. That's what the Lord is God, we love you. We, Lord, we thank you for this Romans, this book of Romans and, and the Apostle Paul writing. Well, we thank you for the depth. We thank you for the ability that we have to take our time and plow through these verses. Lord, we thank you for guiding us as we, as we deliver a commentary on this that you would have us to deliver. That, Lord, that we... It seems like sometimes that it's all repetition. But, Lord, I understand that when we read the book to the children, we had to keep reading the same thing over and over and over until we got to recognize the word. Lord, I understand that that you're going to, throughout every book, talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about how we are susceptible to it even after you dwell on it. Because we refuse to render to you one hundred percent. Lord, I love you. Bless each one that's here. Keep us safe. Let us travel home and bring us back to me.